This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Let's all worship the Lord together for a few minutes here.
Oh 
Alright everybody, we're going to go ahead and get into the Word tonight. Uh, it's exciting. We're going to be studying part two of our End Time series we started last week. I got a lot of good feedback, a lot of people tuning in and watching, and it's a great time to invite a friend to, to follow along. Now, I'm going to cover a lot of ground tonight. Uh, last week, we looked at five uh, signs and prophecies of the end times. This week, I'm going to be uh, very um, uh, assertive or very, uh, I don't know what I'm... I'm going to be, I'm going to really go at it. So I'm going to try to cover seven or eight. And, uh, and I hope you'll pay attention. I'm going to move fast. So study the scriptures, write them down. And, uh, you can look at all of them. I want you to read along and get as much as you can out of it. So if you're not super fast on the flip there, that's okay. Uh, write everything down and try to follow along. And you can always watch this later too. But I want to pray and I want to get into this. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much uh, for the opportunity to study the Word of God together. And, Lord, we know that even though we aren't together in the same building right now, that's okay. That we still have the Word of God and we have the fellowship of each other still, Lord. So I pray that you will bless this time. Help us see what we need to see and help us to take you more serious than we have ever taken you before. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, three things that uh, we always need to remember as we study the end times. This is a little review before we jump in here. Three things that I always try to keep in mind as I'm studying the end times are one, that God's time zone is different than our time zone. Because we may pull up some things and some world events and some prophecies and you can say, well, that was 75 years ago. Well, listen, to God, that could have been five or ten minutes ago. Because we know that Peter once again said that a thousand years is like a day to the Lord and a, and, and a day is like a thousand years. It's just, it, it doesn't make any sense to our minds. But his concept of time is not the same as ours. We always keep that in mind. Another thing to remember, uh, number two, is that Israel... The country, the nation of Israel is always a major key to everything we're studying. And uh, again, I repeat, it's very easy where we live in the United States. Uh, there may be people watching from outside of the United States, but to all of us right here, we tend to think that we are... It's all about us, and, and we're the only ones on the planet sometimes, and that's very much not true. A lot of the stuff we're going to look at is involving nations all over the world. Now, the third thing that I'm saying to keep in mind, my entire life, any end-time stuff I've studied and books that I read that were written way before I was born, most end-time scholars uh Agree that the major key players in the end times from studying scripture would be Russia and China and the Middle East nations. And so far they seem to be spot on because those are some of the major key players that we see in the world right now that are directly connected to a lot of the end times events that we see. So anyway, that could be studied out and gone into depth a lot more, but that's not where I'm going tonight. I just want you to keep those things in mind, okay? So we're going to dig in uh, to some end times prophecies and signs of the times that we talked about last week. And we left off discussing disease last week. So number one, uh, we're going to say disease. So we're going to Luke 21, verse 11. 
And uh, I, again, I really recommend the New Living Translation. Those of you that go to church here know my dad and I joke with each other. But the New Living Translation is a very accurate and good translation of the Bible. Very much so. So we read out of that last week. That's mainly where I'm going to read from this week. I want to quote this verse, look at it, out of the Passion Translation. And um, again, that's a paraphrase uh, translation of the Bible. But I do really like how they worded this here. So Luke 21, verse 11, I've got this in the Passion right here. says, and there will be terrible earthquakes, seismic events of epic proportion, resulting in famines in one place after another. There will be horrible plagues and epidemics, cataclysmic storms on the earth, and astonishing signs and cosmic disturbances in the heavens. So, what we're focusing on out of Luke 21 is where it says there will be horrible plagues and epidemics. Now, definitely we could describe the current situation in the world with the coronavirus as an epidemic. You know, it's it's been insane to see the stuff on TV. Every day we get new... Numbers, the story changes, things every single day, nearly by the hour, things are changing. Never seen anything like this in my life. Definitely don't have a spirit of fear. It's interesting to see, though. You know, I was uh, watching the news the other night for a minute, and they were interviewing an ER doctor in New York City, and they just caught him out on the sidewalk, and he literally used the phrase, this is like a biblical situation. I don't know if the guy was a Christian or not, but he was saying that he's not seen anything like this. And he was an ER doctor in New York City for 9-11. And he said that he, the, the pandemonium is just unreal. And, uh, and I, that's just fact of the matter right now that some places are definitely experiencing the epidemic like that. And so... The Bible here, Jesus himself said there'd be horrible plagues and epidemics. Now, I want to look at another spot in Revelation 6. So the main places I'll be tonight are Luke 21 and in a little bit Acts chapter 2. So hold your place, flip back and forth. And again, I'm coming at you fast, so you've got to try to keep up. But Revelation 6, verses 6 through 8. And, uh, of course, John wrote the book of Revelation. And he received this vision and revelation from Jesus himself. So we'll be referring to it a lot over the coming weeks. But here's what he said. Revelation 6, verses 6 through 8. When the Lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. Now that sounds like a wild description right there. Now we will keep in mind that this uh, instance here is referring to a time period during the, the tribulation but it's definitely worth reading uh, because it shows the power of a worldwide disease. Now, during the tribulation, the earth's population will be lower than it is now. Uh, for one, a lot of people will die, but for two, I believe the Christians will have been raptured out. Now, there's no telling what that number of true born-again Christians are that will be raptured out. Only God knows that. But it says that this, uh, when this is released... That this particular pandemic of disease will kill a quarter of the Earth's population 
along with the sword and with famine. I mean, a quarter of the earth's population killed. That's incredible to look at. So anyway, disease is something, mass epidemic of disease is something that Jesus said would happen. And we, nobody can deny that that's happening right now. Nobody can deny that. All right. The second thing I'm going to talk about, again, moving quickly, is fear. No doubt about it. We are seeing fear on the grand scale right now. So for this reference, Luke 21 and verse 26. And I remind you that Matthew 24, Luke 21 and Mark 13 are all parallel chapters. The Olivet Discourse that Jesus gave to his disciples on the Mount of Olives explaining many events of the end times. So we're in Luke 21 and verse 26. And Jesus said this. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. People will be terrified about what they see coming upon the earth. Well, I see people terrified right now about what they see coming on the earth. Uh, The Passion Translation, again, I'm referring to that. It says, what men see coming to the earth will cause the fear of doom to grip their hearts. The fear of doom to grip their hearts. And I've never in my life been in a situation where I could go into any grocery store pretty much in the United States and see empty shelves, see basic commodities. We don't have them anywhere. And, you know, this week has gotten a little better on some of that, but it's absolutely insanity to see what we've been doing. And is it because we just didn't have enough of stuff? No, it's because fear caused people to go out and not care at all about their neighbor, to just go and take as much as they could because the fear of doom was gripping their hearts. And they said, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get this stuff again or how long it's going to be. And so, you know, it's just insanity what people are doing, but it was all out of fear. And if you think this is bad, I can promise you right now that the Great Tribulation is going to be a hundred times worse than what this is. Think about that. At least with born-again Christians like me and you here, we we bring some restraint to the earth. We bring some sense of morality to the earth. But when you take all of that out, the presence of God out of the earth, when you take the only thing causing some morality in this world. When you take us all out, there's no telling how crazy it's going to be and the fear that'll take over. I, I don't even for a minute want to see what that's going to be like. Uh, one young man at, at a church here a couple weeks ago when we were still meeting in person, he told me that on one of the first nights that everything was starting to get turned upside down, he went to my favorite local grocery store, which all you people know what that is. So he went over there and uh, he said some guy was pushing his grocery cart out to the store, out, out this, to the parking lot, and somebody just comes and jumps him and empties his cart and takes all his stuff. I'm like, that's insanity. But I promise you, the Great Tribulation, that's going to look like child's play right there. It, it's going to be insanity. People killing each other for a loaf of bread. I mean, nuts. So, another great reason to be right with God right now and not stick around for any of that mess. So, continuing, we've talked about disease, alright, we've talked about fear, both of those things we're seeing right this very minute. Another thing, number three, is famine and plague, 
And uh, again, we've seen in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, Jesus talking about famine and plague. And I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but at this very moment, there is one of the worst plagues of locusts in the history of the world that is sweeping across Asia and the continent of Africa. And, you know, you can go Google this right now. It's it's insane. And you maybe haven't heard a bunch about it on the news because, again, a lot of times we live in this little bubble here in the U.S. But the United Nations said that there are literally hundreds of Billions, hundreds of billions of locusts swarming over these continents. And they said that the number could increase by 400 fold by the month of June. That's outrageous. And it's just looking up some facts that I quickly looked up a little bit ago. One swarm of locusts in Kenya right now is over 900 square miles of, of locusts. Sweeping, eating crops, destroying things. I've looked up some pictures of this stuff. It's, it's outrageous. It's crazy. And then, uh, I know we don't go by kilometers here in the U.S., but each square kilometer of locust in a swarm can eat as much in one day as 35,000 people, according to the FAO in Africa. So, one one locust swarm seen there was 2,400 square kilometers. That's roughly, approximately, in the range of 900 square miles. That's 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 a devastation, destroying the food source of an entire continent. That's insanity. Now, of course, we know that locusts hold significance in the Book of Exodus, uh, where a plague of locusts attacked Egypt, and uh, a lot of Jewish scholars have always thought and suggested that before the end of the world that we would see a repeat of the plagues in the book of Exodus. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm not verifying that. I'm just saying that's interesting because in a few minutes I'm going to show you another thing that goes along with that. Um, and it's just this stuff is, is outrageous. And and people from the outside are starting to at least take notice. Now, I saw a uh, Young Thug, the rapper, and I am in no way endorsing him. Uh, I don't, I don't know him, but it's caught even his attention. Don't go listen to his music, but what I'm saying is, he even posted a, a Bible verse to his seven million Instagram followers from Second Chronicles seven thirteen, where God told the Old Testament people, Old Testament people, that if they didn't repent, they would be judged with no rain, a plague of locust, and an epidemic of disease. And all of those are happening right now. Uh, as I'll mention in a minute, Australia just went through one of the worst fires ever. And a lot of it was due to a lack of rain. So that was the third thing, uh, famine and plague. The fourth thing that I'm moving to here is bizarre weather. Bizarre weather. And again, Luke 21, verse 11 Passion translation, in the middle there it says, cataclysmic storms on the earth. Cataclysmic storms on the earth. Now everyone agrees, everyone, that, that our weather patterns are really crazy right now. Now you, you can blame it on climate change or global warming or whatever you want to call it or some other scientific explanation, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. You know, a lot of stuff can be explained scientifically, but 
I don't care how it happened. The fact of the matter is Jesus said it would happen. You know, uh, a lot of times we, th- you know, present a lot of these things that the Bible said, and people are like, well, you can explain that. That's, that's fine. All that I care about is Jesus said it would happen. I don't care if he told me how. It's just that he said it would, and he was right about all of it. You know, if I told you a hundred years ago that someday man would travel to outer space, you know, and then you could look at me now and say, well, yeah, we traveled, but we used a spaceship to get there. I don't care how we got there. All that matters is I was right. We said we would get there. And so it doesn't matter how these things are happening. What matters is Jesus said they would happen, and now they're happening. So anyway, that's a good time for an amen if you're there at your house. Come on, high desert, help me out. So uh, I want to read a couple of verses here uh, from the book of Acts that uh, kind of go along well, there's a lot of explanation, really, and that's, that's where I want to pull the rest of this message from. Uh, I didn't go into a lot of the stuff about the bizarre weather because you don't have to be Einstein to Google the crazy weather stuff, the hurricanes, the earthquakes, the, the storms, the floods, the, the droughts. You know, that we just in a few years, last two years ago, went it through in California. I mean, insane weather stuff. You can look that stuff up. But I want to look here in Acts chapter 2. Looking at verses 17 through 20, there's a lot in here. I'm going to pick a few things out. But it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So I want to see visions. I don't want to dream dreams right now. I don't want to be an old man. But either way, I'm kidding. He says, in those days... I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. So. Uh, as I've read those verses, we're going to get into the fifth thing here, the fifth sign, the fifth prophecy, and that's this, fire, fire. Uh, Acts 2.19, we just saw that, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. Now, within the past two to three years, we've seen some of the craziest fires, wildfires that we've ever seen. And again, somebody could say, well, there's always been wildfire somewhere. Man, stop. Get real. Let's look at this because there's some insane fire stuff going on. So just look here where we live, where I live in California. Uh, and within the last couple of years, the Mendocino Complex fire broke out on July 27th, 2018 in Northern California and grew to be the largest fire in state history with 459,123 acres burned. That's bigger than the whole city of Los Angeles. That's around 300,000 acres. This fire burned 459,000. Uh, that's bigger than New York City. It's 197 acres. That is, uh, that's outrageous for that much stuff to burn up in one fire. That's nuts. Absolute insanity. And then of course the camp Fire broke out in Butte County, Northern California on November 8th of 2018 and became the deadliest and most destructive fire on record in the state. 
According to Cal Fire statistics, 85 people died. About 153,000 acres were burned. 18,800 structures were destroyed. And the fire burned almost 14,000 homes. That's destruction on a mass level. But even bigger than that, what dwarfs those fires is the Australian wildfires that just ended like three or four weeks ago. And uh, they had over 240 days of wildfire sweep, I mean, across uh, that continent. That was nearly eight months of fire. Over one billion animals were affected, and it burned over 13.3 million acres of land. That's, that's bigger than a bunch of our states here in the United States. 13.3 million acres destroyed from fire. Now you can't tell me Jesus was wrong or, or, or the prophets were wrong when they said there's going to be fire in the end days. I mean, that's, that's insanity. Another one, moving on to the sixth one, is blood. That's another thing that Acts 2.19 mentioned, along with fire. It said blood and blood and fire and clouds of smoke. Now, there's also been a bizarre occurrence of, of rivers and other bodies of water turning blood red over the last couple of years. Uh, just like the plague that came upon Egypt in the book of Exodus. Uh, so Acts 2.19 mentions that. I'm going to look here at Revelation 16, verses 5 through 6. This is, I mean, this is some weird stuff right here. But it, it's scripture. Revelation 16, 5 and 6. It says, then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse. And everything in the sea died. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. Now, this, this is referring to the tribulation period, to be fair, but it's interesting to know what the Bible has to say about this type of thing. And I've, you know, I've read bunch of news reports just as I'm as I'm reading these different things uh, that several rivers in China, Russia, Lebanon and the Netherlands, as well as even some bodies of water in the U.S., Australia and Sri Lanka have turned to blood recently. And I might throw some of these pictures on the thread there on Facebook Live if you're on there. But uh, many uh, uh, legit news outlets have reported on some of this stuff over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I, I, a quote from a pastor in Indiana, he said, there will be physical and scientific reasons for things. That's fine. But that doesn't change the fact that the Bible said it would happen. Now, you know, they're sure I'm, I'm sure there's some algae or some scientific explanation for a lot of these things. That's fine. Again, I don't care. All I care about is Jesus said it would happen and then it happened. All right. Moving forward quickly. Another thing mentioned here is blood moons. Acts 2.20, which we read just a minute ago, it says, The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. That was Acts 2, but flip all the way back to the Old Testament, Joel 2.31. Joel 2.31, again, write this down if you aren't quick on the flip there. Joel 2.31 says nearly the same thing. It says, The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great, this says, and terrible day of the Lord arrives. And uh, this is 
something that I've discussed before in church, but no doubt about it, we've seen uh, a lot of blood moons over the last four years. I'm, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into uh, a ton of detail, but in 2014 through 15, there was a total of four blood moons, and all of them occurred during Jewish holidays, which is uh, what the Bible would call, uh, well, what scholars would call a biblical tetrarch. Uh, this has only happened three times in the last 500 years, and, and each time it's happened, within a short period of time, something significant has happened with the nation of Israel. Usually within a two-year period or so, something major has happened, uh, such as the seven-day war that occurred in the 60s, um, Jerusalem, or uh, Israel becoming a nation again in the 40s. Each, each time, something significant has happened to Israel. Now, if the world's still around, NASA says the next time that we would have a biblical tetrod would be in about 600 years. So we just had this a few years ago, but and many significant things have happened to Israel, but one of the most significant is uh, Donald Trump in 2017 choosing to move the United States Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And for the United States to formally recognize Jerusalem as being Israel's capital. That's huge. Several other nations decided to join us and do the same thing. And then, of course, a lot of other nations condemned it and said it was a terrible thing. Well, you know, no matter how you feel about Donald Trump, that was a big, big, big thing to happen. And, and, and the reason it's so important is for a lot of the final prophecies to happen, the, the, the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, has, has to have control of Jerusalem and the temple has to be rebuilt. Now, the, there's nothing official happening on that yet, but I've looked at that and multiple, multiple sources and news sites confirm that there are, uh, groups and even some politicians in Israel, uh, trying to get the ball rolling on the rebuilding of the temple. Now that is not an official thing, you know. That's gonna that, that's gonna be a, a big thing when that happens. But it's I I didn't know in my lifetime that any of that stuff would ever happen, or that even the United States would actually go and do that because they've been promising, I believe, since the early 90s that well we'll get around to recognizing uh, Jerusalem as the capital, and then it finally happened in our life. So a big. Big. That may be the biggest thing that I can throw out there. But the final thing, number eight, I'm going to cover this real quick, that I mentioned in Acts 2 is clouds of smoke. Not regular rain clouds, not clouds. Clouds of smoke. Acts 2.19, it's already been on the screen, we'll throw it up there. It says, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. Now, Joel... In the Old Testament, talk about the same thing, Joel 2, verse 30, it says, And I will cause wonders in the heaven and on the earth, blood and fire, and columns of smoke. Some translations say pillars of smoke. So, clouds of smoke, columns of smoke, pillars of smoke. I believe this refers to modern-day nuclear warfare or the bombs that we have a capability of making now. I can imagine somebody a couple thousand years ago getting this vision from God, and they're seeing something like a mushroom cloud. You know, to them, 
they don't have any point of reference to that. So they're going to write down, you know, and there's going to be a, a, a pillar of smoke, a cloud of smoke. They had never seen a bomb before, but I believe that that undoubtedly refers to the modern nuclear capabilities that, that exist. And so this is not something that I believe uh, would have been possible, uh, you know, outside of the hand of God, you know, a thousand years ago or something like that. But it's definitely something that we see in our modern age. So, again, uh, we've just, I threw out eight prophecies, eight signs of the end times very, very quickly. I know, so I'm sorry, but very quickly just covered eight things in about 30 minutes or less that I believe we're seeing right now. Now, Jesus in the Olivet Discourse said, hey, nobody knows the day or the hour, but when you start seeing these signs, be ready. Don't fall asleep. I, he said, I tell you what I tell everybody, be alert and awake. And so if you're a Christian right now, if there has ever been a time to not be lukewarm. If there's ever been a time to take your faith seriously, now is the time. Because whenever he does come back, and we're going to study this in the coming weeks, when that rapture takes place, I want to be ready. I do not want to get left behind because I was too foolish to recognize the signs. Okay? So we're going to close out in prayer today. Uh, if... If you are watching this, though, and, and, and I mean, you're seeing all this and, and you're like, I don't think that I'm ready. I, I don't think that I, I could say with confidence that I'm right with God. I understand maybe you were at one time, but as I've said, God would never walk away from you. He would never leave you. But I know some people that have definitely walked away from him. And now's the time to get things right with him. If you couldn't say with a thousand percent certainty that you're ready, I want you to say this prayer with me and we'll settle that once and for all. Repeat this after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe in him. I believe he died, that he rose again, and that he's coming back. Jesus, Forgive me for any wrong I've done. I promise to live for you. Make me clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, message us, reach out to us, get a hold of us, and we will do everything we can to help you along your journey and help you to grow in your faith. We love you guys. We'll see you Sunday. Lots of good stuff coming up, so... Like on Facebook, follow on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube. Don't miss out on anything. Love you. Glory to God, Pastor Dave. That is really good. You know, I just, I just think, in, uh, speaking of the book of Acts, that uh, we're living in more exciting times Acts than they were. As those disciples looked up, they got to see Jesus going up. But he told us to look up our redemption, draw off now, we're going to get to see Jesus coming back. So anyway... For the times we live, if there's ever a time, if there's ever a time, you want God to be a part of everything in your life, it is now. And so with that, high desert word certain people, what time is it? Sit right there where you're at. It's happy time. And if you're with other people, give each other a high five and say, praise God. 
we get to tithe and give and have God right in the middle of our finances. Amen, amen, amen. Well, anyway, I'm going to look at Malachi chapter 3. A very familiar book, but we really, really, really need to have our faith in the Word of God have followed through with actions for the times we live in. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, and since you've already got your Bibles there from listening to Pastor Dave, let's look at this again. Well, a man robbed God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And God doesn't put a curse on you. When Adam and Eve transgressed in the Garden of Eden, a curse come upon the earth. And Jesus Christ come to redeem us from the curse, and one way that helps us operate from under the curse that's on, that's, on, that's on the earth is to bring our tithe into God. And so, I said this before and I'll say it again. To go to heaven, you don't have to tithe or give me money, ever do anything like that. You can't buy your way in. You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That gets you to heaven. But then Jesus said, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as you, as you let God have the 10% that belongs to him that that opens the windows of heaven. We'll see that right here to get the blessing of heaven on earth. He said in verse 10, to operate free from that curse, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat or food in my house, have proved me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Of course, you can't bring the tithe in now unless you bring it past the office and somebody will be glad to pray with you and, and pray over you, whatever, whatever you need. But the thing is, you can give online or all these different ways that uh, Pastor Dave will tell you about later. But anyway, he said, you bring the tithe in and prove God. He said, it'll open you the windows of heaven. God said, when you bring the tithe in, you open the windows of heaven. And I, you know, I've heard a lot of people lately, oh God, open the windows of heaven. Oh God, open the windows. Well, for your life personally, God's not the one in charge to open the windows of heaven blessings over you, you are. God said when you bring your tithe into him, he opens the windows over your family, over your life personally, and over your business affairs. Now, of course, for a nation, for a city, for people groups, we do need to pray for God's blessing to pour out upon the people, but you're the one in charge of how much blessing you receive from where you are. So anyway, he said you tithe, he pours out the blessing upon you through those open windows that's not room to receive it. And you know, a lot of people try to figure out, what does that mean, pour me out a blessing? Well, if all you ever got was a blessing, one, one, one time blessed, then there wouldn't be much there. That'd just be the end of it. But this blessing God's talking about is a life flow. It's like putting your boat in the water and letting the current carry you through life. Well, God's blessing will be on your family, on your job on your finances, on your health, on everything involved in your life. When you're a tither and the windows of heaven are open, God's anointing is on you. His grace is on you strong. And God is able to work mightily in your life. And you know somebody thinking, well, I don't know about that. Well, that's the Bible. God's the one that said it. We didn't make that up. God did. God said, you bring the tithe in. He rebukes the devourer. As I read this, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time that fills, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations, all peoples in your nation, people in your realm of influence says, they'll call you blessed, 
for you'll be a delightsome people, saith the Lord of hosts. And I think about where I just came from. Most most of you know, I was just on a short missionary trip down in uh, Peru, South America. And when the quarantine hit, I was stuck there at the edge of the Amazon jungle in not very pleasant conditions where I didn't want to be there. But I know one of the main principles I know that I stood on was the fact that I was a tither. And I reminded the Lord, Lord, you said the windows of heaven are open on me and your blessings on me and you rebuke the devour for me. And so I would not want to be anywhere on this earth in a crisis situation or otherwise and be violating the tithing principles. So anyway, God sent a special airplane to where I was and got me out of there. Some other people got to go with me, but I know it's because I was walking in my covenant with God. And so I just want to remind you for the times we live in, these end times, if there's ever a time you want to cooperate with God and His written covenant to man, it is now. And so, are you ready, High Desert Word Center, to make our financial faith confession? We'll say this together with me. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive. Jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises of bonuses, benefits, Sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, be all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, to get just into the kingdom of God, both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, everybody, we're going to go ahead and close out just like we always do with our Barstow Faith Confession. So don't just sit there and watch me say it. Join in. Follow along, man. Say these words with me. And if you're living in some other city, I encourage you to speak these words over your city. I know my dad did this in Peru, and those people spoke it uh, with their city or their village name in there. So you do the same with me. Let's say these words of faith. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.